When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We've Mitch. moved on from banging trash cans, guys. All right. This is Mitch. more sophisticated now. Mitch TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Somehow the handoff into the arms of Mostert. He's gone. Touchdown, San Francisco. Mostert in the backfield. He gets it. Samuel out in front. Touchdown. Second down and nine. Here he is again. Mostert touchdown, his third. Garoppolo still only thrown six passes. Mostert left side. Another first down carry and more. How about a touchdown? Aaron Rodgers now with Jamal Williams to his right. Devontae split wide right, slot to the left side with Lazard. And here's the snap to Rodgers. Steps, looks, fires it deep down the middle. Going for Devontae Adams. And the pass is picked off in the deep secondary. And down goes Richard Sherman. All right. Uh, do you guys want to do it now or do you want to make the audience wait? I said we make them wait just a little bit. Really? Just How a long? little bit. How long do you want to make them wait? Packer vent line. I don't know. What's good for uh it's good for the clock, as they say in the business. Uh we'll make you wait a little bit. We'll make you wait a little bit. Let's say like four seventeen. Okay. Four seventeen. Oh. Maybe even four fifteen, four sixteen. We'll see. So, somewhere in that window. So okay. much deliciousness. Between four fifteen and four twenty. Go, Pack, go! That's the sound you hear. Normally, mm-hmm. but we're going to make you wait. Going to make you wait for that Packer vent line. That's right. And we got Judd's plenty too of nice. He doesn't want to make him wait. You got to make him wait a little bit, Judd. On vent line today, we came to soothe, to heal, and we helped by doing this immediately. <laughs> we inspired the masses by waking them up from their week long nightmare to show that nightmares no. can be worse than the purple nightmare in San Francisco. Well, before we, there's a lot of Vikings tie-ins here and, and questions to be asked. Did you guys see the Richard Sherman, Darrell Revis chirping back and forth I on did. Twitter that last was night? Fun. Oh my god, what is something? This is amazing. What is Darrell Revis doing? Well, he's he's trying to make a point that hey, on Revis Island, there ain't no zones. Okay, this is this is straight up man coverage. On Revis Island. And the island travels to wherever... Man coverage. Manly man (laughs) coverage. And that that island travels wherever the best wide receiver travels, up and down the line of scrimmage. And so Richard Sherman, the best part about it, Richard Sherman says, I'd go in on this tweet, but I have a Super Bowl to prepare for. Enjoy the view from the couch. Your ninth year looked a lot different than this. Laugh my ass off. And then... 
He circles back like an hour later and corrects Revis's grammar on the original tweet. Oh, I didn't even see except, that part. Sterell Revis said, accept the challenge as the best and shut Adams down the entire game. And he spelled accept E-X-C-E-P-T yep. instead of A-C-C-E-P-T. And Richard Sherman goes, and it's accept. Thought I'd give you a lesson while I was here. Wow. <laughs> I love Richard Sherman. Wow. Oh, my God. You know why? You know a Stanford guy. It's Stanford, right? Yeah. Richard Sherman. You know he's going to correct you on your spelling. A hundred percent. But here's what time. I love about yeah. that guy. He is. He can back it up because he's so damn smart. Like some athletes, you're like, just shut up, right? But Sherman's really, really smart, and it shows. I love that. Yeah, he, I think he's wildly entertaining. I know yeah, he's he a as... bright, bright guy. So yesterday, Richard Sherman's San Francisco 49ers, they absolutely choke out and dismantle the Packers in the very same way for the most part, maybe even worse than they compared to the Vikings game the week before. So the Niners lean on a running game. They lean on defense and their quarterback, who's been good throughout the year, but throws the ball eight times. And he's thrown the ball like, I want to say like 27 times only this postseason. Basically this month he's thrown 27 passes in the two games. Mm -hmm. That's what the Vikings want to do. What What the Niners have done to teams, and to a lesser degree what the Titans have done to teams, that's what the Vikings are set up to try and do. Do you guys think... Vikings fans and the Vikings front office and coaching staff should look at what San Francisco is doing here, including did to them last weekend, and be encouraged that, hey, this is a blueprint that might actually go and win a Super Bowl here in a couple weeks in Miami, or discourage that, oh, there's somebody doing it at a much higher level than we're doing it here in Minnesota. (laughs) I'll answer your question with a question. Because the Vikings came close to doing this. They went, what, 13-3 and three and made it to the NFC Championship and didn't quite get to the Super Bowl? So they were one, one game away from doing this. Since then, do you feel like they've gotten closer or farther? And I'm asking that question facetiously because everyone in the TCL broadcast studios knows the answer to that question. They've gotten farther. Collar brought up a great point today on Score North Live, which, by the way, weekdays, noon to 2. It's me and a rotating panel of Score North personalities wow. as my co-host. You can wow. check it out. At scorenorth.com or the totally free Score North app. It's a fun show. We Crazy. do it every day. Crazy. And what he said is when you, when you use the Vikings blueprint or what is now the San Francisco 49ers blueprint, you can get there, but usually you get one shot at it, maybe two when you do get there. That style of football and mainly depending on your defense to carry you where you're trying to go has a shorter shelf life than who the 49ers will see in this year's Super Bowl in the Kansas City Chiefs when you have a Patrick Mahomes or a franchise quarterback, a generational quarterback, that is one guy who, as long as things are adequate around him, he's going to keep you in contention for a decade. I think the Vikings' chance to do it, Mike Zimmer's way, and the way that the 49ers are doing it, has come and gone. And I think it's going to be really hard to open that window up again or move the arrow back in in the right direction and get them closer to where they were two seasons ago. So if you sat down and you were Spielman or Zimmer on Sunday and you watched both those games, if you watch San Francisco, if you're Mike and you're kicking back in the uh, Kentucky Ranch, right, and you're kicking back and thinking to yourself, I'm going to watch some football today. And you're watching San Francisco, and you're like, oh, man, that was my, that was me. That was supposed to be us. You watched the wrong game. Rami's right. The game to watch is the Chiefs. And it's doable. And it and his name might be Tua, correct? 
So I would say this. The Vikings, and in fact, I just uh, penned a column for scorenorth.com that I posted. Wow, you guys are out of control with your promotion of your... That's on the Score North app, too. It's a one-stop right shop now. for all written content. I'm trying to charge for it, but I can't right Score now, North. so it's totally free. Out of mm-hmm. control. So I started covering the Vikings full-time. Now, I've watched them since 78, but I started to cover them full-time, being around them, more and more in 2005 for the Star Tribune. In that time, since 2005, so 14 years, it's I've had... Um, I've had the pleasure to cover two teams that probably had legitimate Super Bowl aspirations in which they were the best team. And the first was 2009, which was clearly, I would contend to my dying day, that 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 Vikings team was probably the best in the conference. So, like, not, oh, the Saints were good, too. The Saints were good. But that Vikings team blew a chance to beat the top seed. But with Favre, that was the best team in the conference. And I think there's a very good case to be made that that was the best team in 2009, for that season in football. 2017 is much more murky, but that was a damn good team. But the point is, and back to the point that it sounds like Collar made, and I agree completely with, is those are not windows of opportunity that stay open. Those are one year you have to pounce. So that's why 2009 hurts so much, because you didn't pounce. But when you didn't pounce, you can't just say, 2010, we're going to run her back, and it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. The only way that you can open a window that I think legitimately you can say, we can run this back a few times because this is football. Like every other sport, I feel like you can, you know, you go to the playoffs, you might get beat, then you come back the next year, you go farther, and finally a lot of times it feels like it ends with a championship or you're very, very close. Football, too much can go wrong. People get old quickly. And so the reason why I say the Chiefs and maybe Tua are the model is that's the only way to keep your foot in that window and keep it propped open for a sustained period, the quarterback. So San Francisco, if San Francisco comes back next year, you guys, and they win, I think they'll be good. But let's say they win nine or ten games. I don't think we're going to say unbelievable. Never saw that coming. But we expect Kansas City, and I think rightfully so, to be good now for, let's say, three, four, ten, maybe more. Yeah, we don't know. Ten years. We don't know. So I honestly think if you want to go year to year and try and say we might, we've got a philosophy and this is going to do it, that in five or six years the Vikings with – what the Niners are doing now might prop it open again for a year. But if we want to talk about how do you reach a sustained level of competitiveness that can lead to Super Bowl, at least births, Kansas City's got the model. Now, you could argue, just on behalf of San Francisco, is San Francisco in the same spot as the early 2000s Patriots were at where Tom, they've got their Tom Brady light right now and Jimmy Garoppolo. And Tom Brady was really good, but he wasn't the guy that they were leaning on necessarily in those early years. They might argue, hey, this thing's going to be sustainable for the next 10 years because we believe that you can lean on Jimmy Garoppolo can I throw for one like team, 8 to 10 years. One team back at you immediately? Last year's Rams. Look at how that team looked. Oh, my gosh. McVay's the smartest guy, and Goff looks like he's good. And this guy. defense, this defense, that's always the most dangerous thing. I've decided that the, that the potential football death is saying, look at the defense. Because you can't count on defenses staying healthy or consistent. Yeah, I mean, you can. I think if you have a good defensive minded coach and you have a good defensive nucleus, I think you can count on top half of the league defenses mm-hmm. for an extended stretch. But you can't count on top defense or top three defense. And that's the reality the Vikings found themselves in this year. It is so hard to sustain this model because you literally need, like, think about not only defense, but if you're going to run the ball first, too, you need offensive line. And 11 guys on defense to all be healthy, mostly peaking at the same time, ideally all or most in their prime at the same time, 
all of those things. And then like scheme fitting at the same time and, and all of them getting along, like all these different factors. I would honestly right now, if, if you could wave a magic wand or snap your fingers, I would honestly right now trade all of the Viking star skill position players. Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, Dalvin Cook, Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith. I would say bye to all of them if I could, again, wave a magic wand and guarantee that the Vikings have a top five offensive line and a top five defensive line. If you can start with those two things, you can find the others. And San Francisco, I know if you looked at some of the ratings, like Football Outsiders, Pro Football Focus, if you go total season, they weren't necessarily the best offensive line in the NFL. But you watch what they've done in these last two weeks to NFC North teams and watch those run plays yesterday. That is a That was a college football game plan in an NFL conference championship game. In every single run play, they moved the Packers three yards back and yeah. that's where the that's where the line of scrimmage was as the running back crossed it, okay? So San Francisco, in that game yesterday, to me, had one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Whatever they're doing the last couple months, San Francisco's offensive line is peaking, and their defensive front is ridiculous and gets after opposing quarterbacks. And if you look at their skill position players, okay, and compare them to the Vikings, here is a list. I'm not going to even give you names. I'm just going to give you like how they got these skill position players. The three running backs that racked up the most yardage for them, including the guy who went for 200-plus yards on, like, two handfuls of carries yesterday, okay? Undrafted, undrafted, and then Tevin Coleman was the was the backup in Atlanta, and they brought him in. You know, they, they didn't break the bank, but they, they brought in basically Atlanta's backup to be one of their running backs. Wide receivers, tight ends. Second-round pick from this last year, that'd be Debo Samuel. A fifth-round pick from 2017, a couple of years ago, that's George Kittle. And oh, let's go get an aging guy off the free agent scrap heap, Emmanuel Sanders. Like if you compare the Viking skill position players to this group on paper, it's it's an embarrassing gap. But San Francisco up front on both sides destroys opponents, and that's the difference. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. In, in these past two games, Vikings Packers, <laughs> the 49ers ran the ball combined 89 times. Garoppolo threw, not completions, Attempted 27 passes. Yeah. Which also, let's be fair to the conversation a little bit, it also speaks to the fact that that the Vikings and and Packers, with very similar schedules, beat up on a lot of bad teams. And I didn't think either one was particularly tough. San Francisco basically said, we'll punch you. And I felt like both teams took the punch and said, oh, not today. And so I do think that, that the opportunistic way that San Francisco has gone about their business is smart. But if you're asking me, do I expect this to be the recipe now for three or four years? I don't. Because unless Jimmy Garoppolo, unless this is just the start for Jimmy Garoppolo, I forget who it was. Somebody on Get Up this morning was saying, well, this is, this is Jimmy Garoppolo's first full season as a starter. And you look at this and Tom Brady's first full season as a starter, and they're very similar. Now, Tom Brady went on to put up some huge statistical seasons where the passing game was was what that offense was centered around as it evolved. Unless Jimmy has that kind of evolution in him and he turns into that kind of quarterback, which is possible, I don't think the window is open for very long for the 49ers either. For the same reasons that we're talking about the Vikings. They better they better strike now because this might be the best shot that they get at this in in this in this window with yeah. this core of players that they have in San Fran so, right now. So to make it more sustainable, I think if you have an offensive line that's I, I think there are there are ways you can make it more sustainable, but would you guys do what I just said? It would 
If I told you, hey, you have to say goodbye to Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, Dalvin Cook, Kyle Rudolph, and Irv Smith Jr., and you and your only means to replace them, draft and free agency. Like you have to start from scratch. BZ Johnson is now your number one wide receiver until you draft or you know, you get you get a couple Whoa. drafts to build this thing. Whoa. But I guarantee you for a for let's say a three to five year window, yep. you have top five offensive and defensive lines. But you just you have to figure out the the guys. They've who, all got to go because I mean you, you could definitely improve yourself drastically by allowing some of them to go for sure, like not paying Cook. I mean, you listen, Debo I mean, was a second round draft pick this year. Yeah. Like look at that look at that group of skill position players. Yep. It's literally just like a hodgepodge, undrafted. Go get de- go get right. the backup from Atlanta and truthful. draft the guy in the second round. But be be completely truthful. Until the Vikings game, had any of you guys heard of Raheem Mostart? No. He was a Purdue running back. I don't remember him Correct. at all. He's played for like eight teams. Dude, that and that is why you do not pay Dalvin Cook $12 Absolutely. million. Love Dalvin Cook. But, He's amazing. But I, I think I think, and this is what makes your life painful if you're a Vikings fan, the, San Francisco is doing in two thousand nineteen for the season what you didn't accomplish in seventeen or oh nine. I have no idea if this is long term, but they've made the Super Bowl. And I really think for Vikings fans right now. That's all you want. Like, just make it there. Roll the dice at that point. If you win, great. But just make it there. And that's why I keep coming back to the fact that when the window for this franchise has been, I mean, open. I don't mean, yeah, okay, it's okay. I mean, 98, 2009, 17 to a certain point. You got to go through it. You got to get through that. Like, you can't walk out of of um, of the Superdome. Oh, we had five turnovers that day. You know, you can't have that. Speaking of open windows, you know, there's a team close by, just on you know, a couple hours down the the road over there in Wisconsin. They've had 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Their window's been open for 30 years with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and they got their asses kicked again yesterday. This is Packer Vent Line. Go Pack, go! Aaron Rodgers. Do we take a step back to move forward? What I mean by that is, do we look to trade them? San Diego needs a quarterback. They think they're always in it. What could you get for him? Because if you're paying a guy $35 million a year, and he's supposed to be a different maker, and you learn in the playoffs ever since 2010 that he's not a difference maker in the playoffs, then what's the point of paying that money? So why wouldn't we look at possibly trading him? I don't even care if you get a second-round pick. Something for him. They no, you can't draft do that. And hopefully get a better quarterback down the road. Because if you're going to teach a new quarterback or a younger quarterback the floor system, wouldn't that be better than trying to teach Rodgers or wait for Rodgers? Go, Pat, go! Packer Vent Line, courtesy of the fan in Milwaukee. Rami's old co-host, That's Gary amazing. Ellerson, saying, you got to be kidding me, man. Can't do that. <laughs> it's so good. Really, I think it comes down to Rodgers big time. I mean, he's obviously uh, he's obviously um, came down a lot in the rankings. He's not the elite quarterback he once was. I mean, frankly, in this game, I've taken um, probably five other quarterbacks over him. I mean, heck, I'd throw in Jameis Winston. Uh, he'd at least swing it and take some chances to get him back in this game. Whoa. But, Whoa. I mean, frankly, at this point, Whoa. the Packers are going to unfortunately be in rebuilding. We've reached. Hold on. Go, Pack, go! We've never combined the two segments. <laughs> But I think we got to do it. I mean, we've never done this what? before. Oh, Unprecedented. What just happened? Oh, 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 what? We're actually a pillow. 
Forte Cops is recorded on location with the men and women of Sports Talk. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in hot take court. Throw the book at him, Dano. What are we doing? We're pulling him over right now. What? I got him down. <laughs> Rami, really, next move comes down to Rogers, big time. I mean, he's obviously uh, <laughs> what? He's obviously um, came down a lot in the rankings. He's not the elite quarterback he once was. I mean, frankly, in this game, I've taken um, probably five other quarterbacks over him. I mean, heck, I'd throw in Jameis Winston. Uh, he'd at least swing <laughs> and take some chances and get him back in this game. But I mean, frankly, at this point, the Packers are going to unfortunately be in rebuilding. Dude, I love, okay, I love how he says, I mean, there's probably like five quarterbacks I'd take over Rodgers, and like at, at, at that point in the take, I'm thinking, yeah. oh yeah, like Mahomes, Russell Wilson. Oh yeah. And then he speeds down his list and gets to Jameis Winston. <laughs> you know how far down the list I got to go before I get to Jameis Winston? <laughs> Hold on. Hold on a second here. <laughs> so Jameis Winston, 30 picks, right? And didn't we come up with a stat that that Rodgers hasn't thrown 30 picks in like the last five years or something like that? At total? least, right? Yeah. I think you got to go back seven plus years. Oh, the best part is, you know, Vikings fans know all too well, quarterback beer goggles and just the year-to-year quarterback carousel. This is what happens when your fan base has been spoiled for three damn decades and you've been living in the Hall of Fame quarterback penthouse since 1991. Dude, I used to lecture them about this like day in and day out oh, when but, I was working in Milwaukee yeah. about how spoiled yeah. they are when it comes to quarterbacks. But that right there, that is a level of spoiled I have I did not hear in my 14 years working in Milwaukee. You deserve the 15 years of quarterback purgatory that you're going to get as soon as Rodgers leaves the Packers or retires. Or we hope. <laughs> There's no guarantee it's going to happen, Phil. There's like three or four rookies that play really well, and our guys seem not to flourish well. I don't know whether it's LaFleur in this offense or whether it's Rodgers in this offense or whether this just this offense in general just don't allow younger receivers to, to be productive in their first let, year. Let me ask you this, because I heard nothing but young guys and young quarterbacks go after their guys, okay, and just say, hey, I got to get it I got to get it to them. Aaron Rodgers is, if they don't have my trust, they're not getting the ball. Go, Pat, go! That was very level-headed, actually. That was. That was very yeah. logical. We're not yeah. here for that. No. I almost feel like if you're a Packer fan, though, it's a little bit like the Vikings lost the Niners. or You, you just come away thinking, oh, yeah, that... Yep, that was that was just a legitimate beatdown. That's just a beating. Like yep. there is no man. If we just did this, no. or man, if we just did that, or if we just swapped out Rogers for Jameis, right? If we... <laughs> Twenty-seven rip at, at halftime, right? You have to go back to week thirteen of the twenty fourteen season to get to thirty interceptions for Rogers. There you go, wow, dude. Week thirteen of the so, twenty fourteen season. Yet you'd rather have Jameis. Didn't you guys? Weren't you guys though at twenty-seven rip at, at halftime? Weren't you a sort of Hoping for or thinking, could they do it? 41 donut? Was yeah. It? Oh, yeah. Could they do it? Yeah, I wanted that. Yeah. And I, so I, for, bad. I forgot at halftime of that game, it was 34 nothing. The Giants only scored seven second half points in the 2001 in, in NFC title game against the Vikings. But I was thinking to myself, could they do it maybe? 42 It would have been very symbolic. So, Rami, one of the, one of the most, I don't know how much you like go this deep into mm-hmm. Vikings history here, but one of the most famous games. In Vikings history, isn't the '98 championship game not the '09? 
They played in the NFC Championship game after the 2000 season, and they went to New York to play the Giants. Kerry Collins, starting quarterback. Oh, and, I remember this. And they got beat 41 yeah, to nothing. I remember this now. As soon as you said Kirk Cousins, or Kerry Collins, I knew yeah. exactly what you were talking about. And then the Giants went and got their butts kicked by the Ravens in the 2000 Super Bowl. When it was 27 nothing at halftime yesterday, Judd, I was I I had to just bite my tongue cuz I was watching it with my girlfriend who's a Packers oh. fan. Yeah, that was uh And you didn't say anything? It was a tense household. No, I had to pretend to like not enjoy it and even console her a little bit. I was like, another whole another half of football to play. For them to give up more points. Because <laughs> I'm a Bears fan. 651-646-8255. Tom Pellicero with some information on the Vikings losing potentially a key front office member here shortly. Ryan and Fargo, what's up, buddy? Oh, not too much. I have a couple. First of all, I think the uh, spotted cow is probably sold out in Wisconsin. After all that drinking that was going on last night. That's too bad because I'd like to get some. A lot of self-help. Love Spotted Cow. It is top notch. (laughs) Fantastic. Um, Actually, I have some reckless speculation. Okay. Um, Hold on a second. Just hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't just say it without this. Reckless speculation. All right, here goes. What if the Vikings, let's say... I don't want them to struggle, but if they're going to struggle next year and they'll get rid of Zimmer, why not bring in that D coordinator from the 49ers? Reckless speculation. Like as a head coach? Yeah. Yeah. Or the OC from the Chiefs, the enemy, the former. One. Yeah. What do you think about that? Ryan, thank you for the reckless speculation. That's totally reckless, and I love it. I would lean more toward offense than defense here. That's what I was just going to say. Okay. So, so Eric, it's funny because, like, Eric Bieniemy will get after stars too. I mean, you you we both <laughs> yeah, covered him. Adrian didn't like that, so I don't know. I that guy for the 49ers, What's that guy's name again? Bald guy who looks like George, football. George Sala. That guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very intense. It would be super fun just because he and Fleck would be like best friends. I almost think he's even more just aggressively outrageous than PJ Fleck. I don't know if he has all the isms, but like that guy wakes up and chugs two <laughs> gallons of muscle milk. <laughs> Every single morning. Like, you thought Rocky Balboa put a couple raw eggs in a, in a cup and drank them? Like, that guy wakes up and runs 26 miles through the streets of Philadelphia. He's drinking raw eggs while shaving his head with a straight razor and just screaming into the mirror. I missed! <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'd be fun. It'd be fun. Do you like the offensive idea? You know, yeah, if Zim, enemy deserves a shot. If they meet point. with Zim and Zim's like, I hate your ideas. I don't want to do this. And they're like, okay, cool. Yeah, this, Eric. At this point, by the way, like moves would have like if Spielman and Zimmer were in trouble, that probably would have happened by now. I would think. Yeah, I would just like to know what either took place or is going to take place when they discuss the plan for 2020 and beyond. Because I have no clue what they're going to do. Like direction wise, a lot of years you've been like, oh, slam dunk that they're going to do this, right? Yeah. This one, you could go a lot of different directions. There are. It's going to be, I mean, that's literally what we're going to spend the next two months doing here on Mackie and Judd with Rami and Score North. Is it going to be reckless? It's going to be extraordinarily reckless. It's going to be reckless speculation. When we come back, Mm -hmm. this this won't be reckless speculation. It'll be very much informed speculation from Tom Pelissero on the Vikings maybe losing George Payton. Which is also good. Informed speculation is also. Oh, good. I thought you were going to say it's good that they were going to lose their. No, no, reckless right. speculation, fun, but 
Informed speculation can be good, too. And we'll get Every some once that. in a while. With Tom Pelissero here, Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights, a half hour earlier than usual here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. But first, I want to talk to you about my friend Jason Walgrave, the Walgrave Real Estate Group and their guaranteed sales program. You know, as sports fans, what do we love? We love guarantees, right? Like, if I was to tell you in two weeks there's going to be a big football game, and I guarantee that... Chiefs are going to win. You say, wow, that's a guarantee, Judd. That's cool. But you know what? It's a sports guarantee. It can come. It can go. Now, what, what if I was to tell you about a guarantee that could hit much closer to home? A guarantee that is really a guarantee that impacts you. Look, if you're looking to sell your house, Jason and his team will guarantee the sale of your home. That's right. When you listen with the Walgrave Real Estate Group, I said guarantee. Why well, have a guarantee? Why well, have a guaranteed offer when you can have a guaranteed sale? All you need to do, it's as simple. It's go to minnesotahometalk.com and click on the guaranteed sales button to learn more. If you're going to move this spring, it's the time to attack now, right? There's stress when you move. You're going through all of the different things. You're trying to make decisions about your life, where to move. So that's when Jason comes in and you go with his guaranteed sale program. Again, go to minnesotahometalk.com. Click on the guaranteed sale button to learn more. That's minnesotahometalk.com. Click on the guaranteed sale button. You'll be glad that you did. Hey, everyone, it's Phil Mackey here. And a little over two years ago, my mom died way too young at the hands of a rare blood cancer. She left me with two pieces of advice. Be a good person and give back. So my mission is to help erase blood cancers from the planet. And I would love your help, Scornorth listeners, because on February 15th, we are participating in the Big Climb Minneapolis. 53 stories of stair climbing, downtown Minneapolis, proceeds benefiting the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Minnesota. MackieLLS.com to sign up and use the promo code Mackie to get on our team for just $20. Let's raise a bunch of money to knock out blood cancer. Join Team Mackie on February 15th at the Big Climb. MackieLLS.com. Here with the Score North download. This download brought to you by Team Mackey for the Big Climb Minneapolis. Right now on PTI, they're asking, What does a win mean for Andy Reid and the Chiefs? Well, here's what he said when he was asked today at his press conference how he celebrated his big win in the AFC Championship game. Did you take some personal time last night to enjoy this accomplishment along the way, or had you spent a cheeseburger and went to bed? <laughs> I mean, seems like a perfect. So did Rami. <laughs> Probably. Is no. that how Rami celebrates every night? Chorizo, queso dip, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I figured it, it wouldn't just be a cheeseburger. It's more than that with you, Rami. A healthy serving of protein before uh, going to bed, by the way, is actually recommended. It's That's a, a great way to celebrate a win. It's a myth that you shouldn't eat before bed. Just, it should be you know, if I ever want to wake up what? at 2.30 in the morning with fire coming out of my backside, <laughs> chorizo before bed. That was a good Hold on, are go. you telling me it's okay to eat it's, right before it's go to bed? It's good to have a healthy serving of protein before bread. Keeps the metab- or before bed. It keeps the metabolism working. And bread, yes. We can join Team Mackey on Ooh, February 15th for this year's Big Climb Minneapolis Learn to raise money here. to fight blood cancer. Benefiting the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, donate to our team or join Team Mackey for just $20 when you use the promo code Mackey. Go to scorenorth.com slash big climb now. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Joe with Rami. Thank you, Jonathan. By the way, we will talk we'll talk more about this. We're climbing fifty-three stories oh, of stairs. I thought you were Rami's saying, taking the escalator. I thought you were saying we talk more about protein before bedtime. That too. Yeah. Protein before climbing mm-hmm. fifty-three stories of stairs. Do that's we celebrate climbing fifty-three stories of stairs with a cheeseburger? I think that's the only way to celebrate that, isn't it? <laughs> or chorizo and yeah. queso dip. <laughs> MackieLLS.com for details. Tom, yeah, you, you like a big, big fat cheeseburger before bed or a scoop of chorizo and queso dip, Tom Pelissero? What the hell are you guys talking about? <laughs> That's a really good question, which is why I just shut up. 
I'm not quite sure either. I'm trying to teach the people Tom, something, Tom. Right? Imagine the scenario in which there's a gun pointed to your head and you have to choose between one or the other. Well, it's not going to involve the cheese dip, I can tell you that. Yeah, Tom. Uh, You're missing out. Tom's not a cheese guy. So, all right. You think about you think about life's important questions uh, like we're posing here, but let's talk about George Payton for a second here. Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights. A man who a lot of casual fans probably have heard his name once in a while, but he's been a key part of the Vikings front office backbone, and uh, the Cleveland Browns are very interested. What can you tell us about the Browns' interest in the Vikings' assistant GM? Well, they met for the first time on Saturday uh, in the Twin Cities. It sounds like that obviously went very well because the Browns want to bring Peyton in in the next day or two here to Berea, where their headquarters are in Ohio, and basically take them through their processes, talk to them more about the job. Um, at this point, you know, it's, it's getting ahead of ourselves to say that he's going to be the next GM of the Browns. There's still a lot of questions, um, you know, certainly that he would have at the organization, and there's questions about the fit. Uh, but he has been one of the most sought-after front office candidates for a number of years now, has turned down a lot of different teams, has turned down the Browns specifically twice in the past. What makes this one different is uh, he's worked with Kevin Stefanski for a long time, believes that he could be a really good head coach. Uh, they do have some pieces roster-wise. I mean, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, but they've got some pieces to build around and some you know, potential trade chips and things like that to be able to make over the roster. There are some alluring things, but anytime you have the type of turnover that the Browns have had really throughout the Jimmy Haslam era, uh, that's going to create some questions. And, uh, you know, after waiting this long, you want to make sure you're taking the right job. Hey, Tom, if George does leave here, what, in your estimation, would that departure mean to Rick and the Vikings? Well, I mean, those two have been together since Chicago. I mean, like 25 years. I don't want to date them too much here because I don't have the exact number, but probably 25 years ago. I mean, they've worked together in Miami and then obviously in Minnesota. Um, That would be, I mean, a big change just for Spielman in general, uh, just because this has been his guy. This has been his right-hand man uh, for a long time. Now they've got some other capable uh, scouts within the building. You know, Jamal Stevenson, they're called scouting directors, well-respected. Um, there's plenty of other people. It's, it's not as if they, you know, wouldn't be able to, to make up for the loss, but I don't know how you really replace somebody with, uh, you know, George Payton's institutional knowledge and, you know, the ins and outs, knowing his knowing the ins and outs, not just of the scouting community, but of everything in the organization. It would, it would be an adjustment. There's, uh, there's no question about it. But again, there's still a couple of steps here that have to take place. We should know, uh, toward the end of this week whether or not that's going to be a possibility. Tom, how tied together do you think the fates of Spielman, Zimmer, and Kirk Cousins are? Do you think there's any chance that any one or any any combination of those three guys goes into next year without a new contract? It's certainly possible. I mean, what we know as of now is they all have one year remaining on their deals, and those are decisions that the Wilfs are going to have to make here about you know what they're comfortable with, uh, what they're willing to do, what type of commitment going forward. Uh, you know, Cousins is in a unique situation because there's not many guys who are in that big of a contract to have a fully guaranteed final year. I mean, there's not necessarily the motivation from Kirk Cousins' side to, you know, act quickly and try to get an extension done. Zimmer has said publicly he's okay coaching out his contract in the past. Uh, and Spielman's, you know, his contract has really not been public a whole lot uh, in the past. Uh, you see, you've got some moving parts there. I also, you know, was sitting back watching that game last night with the 49ers and the Packers and saying, you know, when you put this in perspective and watch how the Packers got flogged up and down, especially in the first half, you look back at that Vikings game and say, 
that was a team that had a pretty good plan and they had some pretty good talent. They just kind of ran out of gas there about midway through the third quarter. Hey, Tom, do we know if the Wilfs and Spielman and Mike have sat down yet to sort of orchestrate or formulate the 2020 plan? Because that, to me, you know, ordinarily we look at this team and it's pretty obvious the direction that things are going to be going. I'm not sure that it's obvious at this time. So have they sat down and sort of put together, hey, the vision for 2020 and going forward is this? Well, Zimmer spent most of the last week at his ranch in Kentucky. Uh, so I, you know, I, I can't say for certain whether they have or have not met. I'm sure that there have been conversations. Um, but, you know, in terms of an actual meeting, uh, you know, the fact that he's been out of town makes me believe that they've not really fully gone through, you know, all the different processes that uh, go into some of those big picture decisions. I always wonder, uh, Tom Pelissero was our guest here from NFL Network every Monday on the show. Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights. I'm always fascinated when you have a guy like Pat Mahomes, who's just one of the greatest quarterbacks any of us have ever seen, if not the most, if not the total package that any of us have ever seen. And then I go back and look at, like, who are the nine teams that passed on him? And not to throw Rami's Bears under the bus repeatedly, but like the Bears, what didn't they see in Pat Mahomes? That's Can, not at all what you intended to do. I that. fully right. intended to throw right. Rami's Bears under the bus. What, from what you remember, Tom, what were the biggest knocks on Pat Mahomes that, that prevented some of those teams from buying into him as the guy that he's turned into? Well, I spent a lot of time, uh, you know, doing research on Mahomes and even talking to Mahomes uh, during that process. And really, he was regarded as the biggest boom or bust uh, prospect that was in that draft class simply because. You could see him make every throw from every arm angle, every platform on the field, but he played in this wide-open air raid system. The mechanics would kind of come and go. Uh, there was a process that uh, you know everybody knew you'd have to go through to just kind of rein him in mechanically. Well, you know the Chiefs end up trading up to get him higher than I think a lot of people realized. You know, the, if you go back to that draft and let's put this in perspective, I, I think that Mahomes was you know, publicly in terms of what people thought was underrated. In other words, when I talked to people within the league, I had him, you can go back and find my quarterback rankings that year, I had him the way that they came off the board, Deshaun Watson, then Patrick Mahomes, or excuse me, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, then Patrick Mahomes, then Deshaun Watson. And that's not based on me watching tape. I don't watch tape. I just call people in the league and try to triangulate kind of, you know, how people within the league view them. They came off in that order. You know, the the thing was, you had teams trading up for all these guys. The Bears went up a spot to get Trubisky. Then the Chiefs went up to get Mahomes. Then the Texans went up to get Deshaun Watson. I think that, you know, if, if you went back at the time, you wouldn't find the reaction of how did everybody pass on Mahomes. It was, what in the world are the Chiefs doing drafting this guy from the air raid at number 10 overall and giving up all this uh, draft capital to be able to get him? Watson was the only one who publicly people at the time thought had slid a little bit further uh, and there were legitimate questions about Watson in terms of accuracy in certain parts of the field and you know the overall ceiling versus uh, a guy like Mahomes with with Mahomes it was just it was the unknown you know he probably had the highest ceiling based on everybody you talked to but he also had the lowest floor you had to have a really good plan for him he was going to need to sit the Chiefs got him in the perfect situation where they had Alex Smith as their starter Mahomes as the backup he took a year and once he got on the field uh, he was ready to go out, win an MVP in year two, and then go to a Super Bowl in year three. Tom, would you have ever believed me if I told you that in the NFL in the year 2020, a team was going to a Super Bowl, having thrown the ball 12 times in the last six quarters of football between the divisional round and the NFC wildcard game? 
I mean, it's, it's remarkable. You know, the, what was it, six of eight passing last night for Jimmy Garoppolo. You also have to understand how smart Kyle Shanahan and his staff, Mike McDaniel and those guys are with running the football. I mean, this is more or less the same type of scheme that the Vikings run, um, you know, in terms of everything is set up off the outside zone. But Shanahan is so good, along with his staff, of figuring out how those plays work together, making the run in the pass look alike, uh, and they can challenge you in different ways. You saw that yesterday with Raheem Mostert, who everybody during the game was tweeting all the teams that have cut him and how few carries he got, how little action he got in college. Well, you know, they saw somebody with a, tr- a skill set that they thought fit in with the rest of their group between Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida, of course, Jerick McKinnon, who we've not seen uh, play a down for him out there. Uh, they've always used different types of backs in Atlanta you know, we had Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, and they were different types of backs, but they could kind of also do everything. You could run both of them within the tackles. You could run both of them outside. Uh, that's where everything starts. You know, the fact that they're paying Jimmy Garoppolo about $30 million a year doesn't stop them from playing the style of football they think that, you know, needs to be won. And Shanahan said it in the, you know, in his uh, interview on the podium last night. It's like, why'd you go with that plan? It's like, because it was working. You just you keep running yeah. the same thing over and over as long as the opponent doesn't stop it. It's, it sounds simple, but there's a lot of coaches who get away from it. With him, yesterday, you could tell, just keep pounding it right at him. And the Packers, you know, hard as they tried, they did not have an answer. Tom, do you have any feel at all here? And I know we're still two weeks from the Super Bowl, and then you know, combine free agency are still weeks down the road. But do you have any feel for the Tom Brady market? What Which teams could be interested? Could he go back to New England? Like, what What's your early read on it right now? Well, his contract voids March 18th. So for another almost two months here, technically he cannot have conversations with other teams. The only team that can negotiate with him uh, is the New England Patriots. You heard his comments on, I believe it was Westwood One with uh, Jim Gray uh, yesterday, saying that you know he's going in open-minded. And it sounds like the spirit of those comments is that he's never been a free agent. This is all new to him. It's Tom Brady. He wants to walk to the line of scrimmage and see what coverage the defense is in before deciding where he goes with the ball. So he's keeping everything open at this point. I mean, a return to the Patriots is certainly uh, a possibility here. Uh, But both sides have really gone from, you know, year to year uh, for several years now. When they did that new contract to give him an $8 million raise back in August, uh, that set up this pressure point that was going to come down to March. Uh, He's also got a no franchise tag, no transition tag clause, uh, so you can't keep him that way. Uh, if the Patriots do not agree to a deal with Tom Brady before the end of the league year on March 18th, he will become a free agent for the first time in his career. Uh, and I think that everybody will be interested uh, in terms of who potentially would be uh, in that in that market. Uh, you know, I also was talking with a, an NFL executive down here in Mobile earlier today who was just saying it's way too early to predict any of the quarterback stuff because there's so many free agents. There's so many guys who are like, you know, stars, Drew Brees and Eli Manning, guys who you know are veteran players. You don't even know, do they want to play anymore? Phillip Rivers, you know, do these guys want to keep going? Do they want to go back to their teams? Are they going to go someplace else? There's more moving pieces probably this year for quarterbacks, I would say, than in any year that, since I started covering the NFL in 2003. It's going to be very volatile, uh, and a lot of the attention is rightly going to be centered on a soon-to-be 43-year-old quarterback with six Super Bowl wins. That is Tom Pelissero, our friend from NFL Network, and you can catch him. You're going to be able to catch him here within the hour. Where can people find you on TV and NFL Network here today and in the next few days? 
I will be on TV from a completely empty stadium in about 30 minutes talking about uh, the quarterbacks who are down here, uh, the likes of Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma, Justin Herbert from Oregon, among others, uh, talking Tom Brady on TV as well. And then so the rest of the week we'll have exclusive coverage on NFL Network uh, doing portions of practice during our midday show from noon to 2 central. Uh, we will also I will have the sideline duty for the game itself on Saturday afternoon. Right on. All right, Tom. Talk next week, man. See ya. Thanks, guys. Tom Pelissero. Football. The other, so he mentions all the top free agent quarterbacks. There's another top free agent quarterback, but in broadcasting. And the Tony Romo ESPN story came out about five or six days ago, and it's only continued to pick up steam that ESPN is preparing to offer a record broadcaster contract to steal Tony Romo away from CBS. And it's basically... The last report I saw was CBS is trying to figure out if they can match, if it makes sense to match. But we're talking, what, between 10 and $15 million a year Correct. for Tony Romo. I love it. Worth it. Oh, I'm in completely. After yesterday, I'm more smitten than ever. Dude, Rami, come I'm on. I'm so smitten right now. I, man's own concepts taught in real time? Man's own concepts. Football. In real time? Tell us, tell us what Mahomes is seeing and how... Come on! Football. The Titans think they're fooling Mahomes, but Mahomes is fooling the Titans? Dude. Oh! I'm not saying... Oh, so good. When we've had this conversation in the past, I'm not here to say I don't like Tony Romo or I don't think he's good at his job or I don't appreciate all the football-y football things uh, sounds, that you guys are talking about right like now. Sounds like it to me. Sounds like you're disrespecting yeah, I sounds do. Sounds like you're not a Romo fan. No, I enjoy it. I'm a Romo guy. Do you want Booger? Is that what you want? God, no. More Booger? Absolutely not. Well, wait a second. Are you, you saying, more Booger? Are you saying that... Whether whether it's Booger or Tony Romo, that totally. it, it it has zero impact on if or how long you will watch. A I turn football on game. Monday Night Football for one of four reasons. There's four reasons that I will turn on Monday Night Football. It's just a really good game between two really good football teams. Okay, it's a game that involves a team that I root for or cover. Okay, uh, there is just nothing else on TV. Yep, or I have fantasy implications. I'm not adding Tony Romo as a fifth reason oh, to why see? I turn on Monday Night Football. Yeah, he's, he's, I, he's you're lying. I am he's going to watch a football game because I am going to watch a football game. Tony Romo only enhances the experience, and he enhances it greatly. I'm just saying, for 10 to $15 million, you better bring audience, and he doesn't bring this audience, remember? I don't think Dude. he brings audience. I think he just makes it better for the audience that's already there. I will say, okay, I will say, it would be better... If they could also get Jim Nance, because I love those guys together. I love how they play off each other. I love how Jim Nance has become. Yeah, Jim Nance has like kind of become self aware. Did you hear know. yesterday? Yeah. Jim Nance made fun of the golf voice. They ran a Masters promo, and Tony Romo was like, "Oh, getting fired up for the Masters, Jim." And Jim goes, "Getting ready to bust out the golf voice." He's making fun of his golf voice. Tony Romo opens up Jim Nance to be a human. Jonathan, Judd, you've got. Judd and I were talking beforehand, and Judd's got the most, the best combination you could think of. The ESPN, because you can't hire Romo and then be like, and here's Joe Testator. God bless no, Joe, okay? Absolutely not. Here's here's the pairing. That's the most embarrassing God bless I've ever heard, by the way. The most insulting God, well, I, God, God bless. Like, I'm not wishing bad things for Joe Testatore. I want to make that very clear. Mm-hmm. Insincere judge uh-huh. is coming around the I corner. I want to make it very clear I'm not wishing bad things on Joe. I think Joe's probably a great guy. But anyway. That'd be cool, man. I'd like to, to see that again. 
Insincere Judd just coming in. Hot. Insincere Judd. Can I please unveil my idea? Yes, yes, please, yes. Yes. Monday Night Football booth, week one, 2020 season, ESPN. Tony Romo, your analyst, and your newly minted NBA and NFL voice, Kevin Harlan. Wow. Yes. I mean, can you, wow. ima- can you imagine those two together? Interesting. And by the way, the other part of this equation is assuming, and I think he has to, assuming Eli Manning retires, we can't lose because Peyton's going to hit the market too. And by, and the third thing, I guess, Aikman, who I don't love but like, a free agent as well. Oh, Aikman's a free agent. I, he signed a three-year extension in like 16 that was 17, 18, 19 seasons. So on the quarterback Analyst front and on the actual quarterback free agent front, we've yes. got Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Troy Aikman, Tony Romo. I'm really curious about Peyton. You're, Peyton Manning in the booth could be really. That's good. really who I thought they were. They were waiting to put in the booth for Monday well, Night Football. He's not committing to it yet, but my sense is once Eli says I'm done, Peyton will jump right. I mean, is going to take a job at that point? Let's make it easy for Eli. Are any of the 32 teams no. raising their hands right now with with the free agent quarterbacks no. and draftable quarterbacks available being like, Eli, you're our star. You're our guy. If you put the Manning brothers in a booth, three-man booth with the Manning brothers. Huh? No? No, no, no. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. If that's what it took to get Peyton to do this, then yes, because I think Eli would just basically shut up. <laughs> Eli would Eli would be like what's his name in Major League, the, the, the Monty who just like chime, chimes in like great four drop. times throughout the whole movie. It's a dynamite drop in there, Monty. I think broadcast school's really paying off for you. I'd do it. I'd do it if that's but what you it guys, took to get paid. You guys really think, from an audience perspective, Tony Romo is yes. worth fourteen to fifteen million dollars a year? I don't know if he's worth eight or twenty. Like I, I have no ability to process what is his financial value to. I just know that Tony Romo. I watch games longer if Tony Romo is in the booth. He keeps me. He keeps my attention throughout. You're riveted. A with. twenty-one to three game that yeah. I ordinarily would have turned the channel on. I enjoy his analysis, and I stay. He's tuned. telling you stuff that nobody else at this point tells you. Yes, I appreciate him. He's very good at what he does. I'm just saying he doesn't make me watch games I wouldn't already be watching. He makes me watch games and pay attention to them and stay tuned longer. And if he did. That crappy Monday night package, I guarantee you, I would actually pay attention and watch games this way guy? longer. The officials stop play because of I thought that was the Harlan one. Dang it. I saw Squirrel running across football field and thought it was Kevin Harlan calling it. That would be fun. Kevin Harlan would be so good. We've got Kevin Harlan on this one. Once again, Mahomes looking over that defense at numbers three with their hands in the grass through that white face mask and his red Kansas City helmet with a third and six. Oh. They're at their own 40. Arms extended, shotgun snap, getting the block, stops, bounces up and down, rolls out of the pocket, throws off balance, down the middle, long pass, over the shoulder, catch, 15, Watkins, 10, chase to the 5, into the end zone, touchdown! That may be all she wrote! 60-yard touchdown pass, and the Chiefs have gone up 34-17 with 7.5 to play! Football! Football! There's nobody better than that's insane. Football play by play, there's nobody better Dude, than Kevin Harlan. You know, oh, Kevin. in the mid- Oh, Kevin, here it comes. Here it comes. Oh, look at that play. 
I love how you just turned Tony Romo into Paul Bear from the WWF. There. <laughs> oh, Paul Bear. I love Paul Bear. I love Paul Bear. Listen, Paul Bear, man. That's one of my favorite things. What if they were the same guy? Oh, my God. <laughs> what if it ha- what if they were like morphed together? Tony Romo and Paul Bear inject it into my veins. Oh man. Uh, we can take we can take your Vikings calls or your Tony Romo hate or love calls to 651 Or your Paul Bear impressions. If whatever you, you got. If you have a Paul Bear impression, please let us hear. Love Paul Bear. 651 Rumble week, we might as well celebrate. It nice. is. Okay. Is it really? It yes. is. All right. I didn't know that either. 30 men enter. So. Only one exits alive or something like that. Uh, 651-646-8255. Also, the Chiefs are basically the AFC Vikings if you if you get down to it. And Rami and I have a trivia question for Jonathan and Judd that we'll get to here. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. You think you like football? John Madden doesn't just like football. He f- he loves football. You see what he did there? See, he had Brown on the play before where he jacked him up, and then he's going to hit him and take an inside move on him. Charles is like a boxer. Everything he does is to set up the next thing he's going to do. Let's talk about finances here, all right? Let's talk about Tondrick Wealth Management. If you are like me and you probably spent early part of your life not thinking as much about your finances as maybe you should, well, you need someone who spends every waking second of their life thinking about it for you, and that's Dale Tondrick. With Dale Tondrick, you'll meet face-to-face with somebody who spends every single day helping people save and stockpile money for retirement. He's a trusted source of information to help you on your path retirement. And again, I don't care if you're in your early 30s like me or if you're 55, 60, closer to retirement age. There are things you can and should be doing to make sure you get to dictate and call the shots of what your life looks like after you're done working. Call Tondrick Wealth Management today. Tell them Phil Mackey sent you. Dale, uh, Dale's dale been a partner here at 1500 in Score North for a long time. 952-401-1671. 952-401-1671 or go to myinvestingcoach.com. Oh, and Judd, don't worry about not being good-looking and being on screen. Ron Jeremy made a career out of it. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Aaron Rodgers now with Jamal Williams to his right. Devontae split wide right, slot to the left side with Lazard. And here's the snap to Rodgers. Steps, looks, fires it deep down the middle, going for Devontae Adams. And the pass is picked off in the deep secondary. And down goes Richard Sherman. Inside the 10 and near the San Francisco six-yard line. Game, set, match. And there is your dagger into the heart of the Green Bay oh, Packers. See what you did last that. night. Has Wayne Larravee ever delivered the dagger into his own team? Has he ever? I don't think so. No, no. <laughs> he's never. He's never unsheathed. Not that I've the heard. dagger. That he's might be in the bad, heart of his own team. That might be a bad move for a guy who's paid by the Packers. I believe, right? 
Well, I mean, in a big moment. <laughs> like the guy would... You know, to lose to the Vikings. All and- sad like, and there is your dagger. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> but... The Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl on the AFC side, and I, I I threw this out to you guys last week. But upon further review, like digging even deeper, it's even more true. Mm-hmm. The Kansas City Chiefs truly are the AFC Vikings, and I'm going to give you a few different categories for how and why this is true. Category number one: mostly relevant since like the 1960s, just mostly winning records. The Chiefs have probably had a few more disaster seasons. The Vikings have only had like three or four truly disaster seasons. And the Chiefs had a couple. They had a run in the in like the mid 2000s where they went four and 12, two and 14, and four and 12. And then they went two and 14 in 2012. Like that's a little worse than the Vikings, but mostly they're 10, 11 wins, 12 wins. But the other thing I would say is in addition to not having been to a Super Bowl in 50 years, and the Vikings are in that same boat for the most part, they love to find quarterbacks that were great somewhere else. And then bring them in, like Joe Montana, for instance. I mean, the mm-hmm. Vikings bring in Warren Moon, Brett Favre, Donovan McNabb, right? Mm-hmm. And if you look at Chiefs history, it's Steve DeBerg in the late '80s, early '90s. It's Joe Montana. It's even even like Matt Castle brought over from the Patriots. Not that he was great with the Patriots, but has a big season with the Patriots. They're always looking at Trent Green. Okay, they had Tyler Thigpen. Tyler Thigpen, another re- a lot of recycled quarterbacks and reaching for the stars. And mostly an inability to find your franchise young quarterback until now, Pat Mahomes. So if you're if you're the Vikings and you're looking across the other side, I mean, I think you're looking into a mirror when you see the Kansas City Chiefs. But they've been able to find the franchise gem quarterback that the Vikings have been trying to find for a long time. Yep, and it's hard. It's just really hard. And the intriguing thing about how they did that this time as well to me is this: they had a good quarterback. Alex Smith was absolutely fine. And yeah, Smith, five years. Yeah, and Smith was a guy who was going to, I think, consistently make you a playoff threat, right? But did you ever look at him and think, greatness, Super Bowl? I think you thought, solid quarterback. They could do much worse. He's safe. He's a safe choice. He's the safe guy. And they had the guts to be like, yeah, you're right. He's safe. We don't want safe. We want potentially great. And that's where you've got to have the guts to say, okay, you know, Cousins Cousins is probably safe. You know, he's not, He, I know we, we like to bash him, but he's not a disaster. But do you have the guts to say, with a guy like Tua, we got to go up and get him because that's the type of guy who potentially, and it's worth the gamble, is going to take us from the safeness of the Alex Smiths and the Kirk Cousins to... Oh my gosh, we're now a Super Bowl team because of the quarterback. Do you guys think how, how risky do you think it would be if if you, if there was a report that came out that said the Vikings are considering trading three first round picks and multiple other picks to move up into the top four with the expectation that Tua will be there? Like, what? How would you view that from a risk standpoint? It's that's always risky, and it's especially risky when you're talking about a guy who has the hip injury that Tua does. And doctors can tell me all they want that he's 100%, he's healthy, blah, blah, blah. That's that's a pretty serious and traumatic injury for a guy's hip, and especially for a guy like Tua and in the era that we're entering in the NFL where you want a guy to be able to use his legs and use his feet and create, if not make offense with his feet and with his legs, that's... That's a risky proposition to me. You trust your doctors and you trust your evaluation. I mean, if you think that you have a Patrick Mahomes 
okay, but I'm telling you that it can get a lot worse than Kirk Cousins. That That's the other thing that you risk. If you think you can find a Patrick Mahomes, you move on and you get that guy that you think is Patrick Mahomes. But just know that if you miss, it can be worse than this. This isn't this isn't the bottom of the barrel as far as quarterbacking goes goes in the NFL. It can get a lot worse, and then it's a lot harder to win than it already is. Yeah, and I just I'm kind of I'm kind of past that. Like I'm I'm accepting of that. If in Rami and I were talking on Score North Live earlier, by the way, noon to two right here on Score North, the That's Score right. North app and mm-hmm. AM fifteen hundred available via podcast anywhere you Who find joins your podcast. It's me a and rotating a, uh, cast of rotating cast of Score North personalities. Thank you. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Yeah. And Rami's Bears, again, yes. keeps coming back to dumping on Rami here. Does. Rami's Bears won the division and made the playoffs with a dumpster fire quarterback, Mitch Trubisky. The Vikings, right, they went 11-5 and five with Mitch Trubisky, right? Yeah, and a great dumpster and a great defense that scored points. 12-4. The 12-4. The mm-hmm. There it is, even better. Prove my point even more. And the defense was fantastic. The Vikings, train wreck quarterback in Christian Ponder, second year yep. training wheels quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater, yep. basically won a playoff game. Tavares Jackson t- and and washed up Gus Farratt ten and six in two thousand eight. Bite your lip, right like there, Gus Farratt. Like I'm I am accepting of the worst possible scenario because you can still make the playoffs with that worst possible scenario. Yes, I think it's riskier to have a chance to get a franchise changing quarterback and to pass on it. But the only way I think to have an actual, if we want to have a discussion about windows being open, is to have that quarterback. Like, the Vikings could come back next year and have a decent year. Let's say the defense goes back to being great, and and they run the ball, and they are tougher. They could be a playoff team that could make a run. But I don't think that that causes you to say, well, now it's three years. I think the only way to have a viable option for, like, the Bears to say a window to go 12-4, and 11-5, and and to continue to win division titles is there is to have that quarterback. And as Pelissero said... And he's right. When the Chiefs made that trade up to 10, I believe, with Buffalo to take Mahomes, a lot of people said, are you crazy? What are you doing? That's my point about Tua. And he might not be the guy, but at some point in time, if you want to if you want to choose your lot in life and say, you know, we've been safe and we've been good for a long time, but we've never been great. How do we get to consistently, potentially great? Yeah. That's how you do it. And that brings not, me back. I'm not saying I'm right for sure, but no, it, but, but, you, but I take the chance. But you are right, because let, let's loop this back in. The, the Kansas City Chiefs are the AFC Vikings. For f- Now, they did win it. You know they, Their Super Bowl history is a little bit different off the beginning because they beat the Vikings. But, but take the last 50 years. They've been really good for the most part. They've had mostly retread quarterbacks. Even Rich Gannon was another one, too, where they went out and got a veteran quarterback. Yeah. And they've mostly been trying to find a franchise guy while being pretty good. They don't want to give up their pretty good status. And finally, they said, "Bleep it! We're sick of being ten and six and eleven and five every single year." Yes, Alex Smith is a good, safe quarterback. And to what Rami's saying, you could do a lot worse than 2017 Alex Smith, who was one of the most efficient, high percentage quarterbacks in the NFL. And they said, "We're just sick of fifty years of good. Let's take a shot." This is a boomer bust guy in Pat Mahomes. Let's trade up 17 spots in the first round and change the franchise. And look now, they're going to win the damn Super Bowl in two weeks. And if they don't, they're going to have 10 more chances to win the Super Bowl over the next decade. So I just don't like, I think the risk is in, what if they didn't go after Mahomes? That's the risk. Then like they'd Mahomes, be solid. Like, then then they, they'd be a nice, they'd still be a very nice team. Right. But it's, I, it's, you know, it's, it's, what's the old saying? Like, if you already have a $50 bill in your hand, 
to give it away is a loss, but like if there's one sitting out there, well, I never had that $50 bill to begin with. Well, that's a loss, too. You're still losing $50 if it's sitting out there for you to grab. I think the guy to have, though, who's the next big thing at quarterback, I don't think is in this draft. I think it's Trevor Lawrence. I agree with that. How but can, how can you take go, for Trevor, then? Yeah, but he's going one overall in that draft, I think, without question. So you better Provided tank your ass here in 2019. That's why I said tank next but, season. But Mahomes, you got a 10. He fell. Like, guys will fall. Teams will be afraid. Teams now... Or just be wrong. Like they be, were with Mahomes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I guess at some point in time, as a person who has followed the Vikings for a long, long time, I would like to see them take that chance and say, like the Chiefs did, like Phil just said, you know, we've been good for a really long time. What's it gotten us exactly? It's gotten us a lot of playoff appearances. It's gotten us a lot of nice years. But it has never gotten us a Super Bowl championship. And and at this point in time, it, it hasn't gotten us to a Super Bowl since the 1976 yeah. season when a huge portion of your fan base wasn't even born. Up until two weeks from now, when the Kansas City Chiefs have a chance to win the Super Bowl, for the last like 30 years especially, the Chiefs and the Vikings have mostly just been known for how loud their stadiums are. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, we got really loud stadium and playoff choke place to play and playoff chokes. You're yep. right. Six five one six four six eight two five five. I'm all in right now. Matthew, you're on the show. Hey guys, uh, first time caller. I listen to you guys all the time on Thank the you. free Score North app. That's right. That That's right. Thank <laughs> you. Free to download for <laughs> Apple devices and Android devices. Thanks, Matthew. Are you training the callers yeah. now. <laughs> Thank well, you. You know, a few months in, it just you know gets ingrained in your brain, but. uh I'll tell you what. After tomorrow or after yesterday, and watching Green Bay's loss, I really do think they're only a piece or two away from really actually winning a Super Bowl again. And uh, I guess my big consolation is that Trubisky isn't my starting quarterback. I keep seeing. Thanks for the call. I keep seeing people say that you're not doing that much better. I hate to break it to you. You're really just not doing that much better at the quarterback position He's right taking, now. You're taking the bait right now. Drew Brees is sitting out there. You're being trolled right now by oh, people. I know. I know Drew Brees is out there. Tom Brady sitting out there. I'm aware. They're they're sticking with Mitch though. So I guess I'm. Do you really believe that? Yeah, I do actually. Where, where do you guys? I'm think not saying Tom I goes? agree with it. I'm saying I believe it right now. Where do you guys think Tom goes? Chargers. Yeah, Philip just moved home to Florida. I know. Rivers oh, just did, moved. Did, Oh, they sold their. They picked California up the whole place? Rivers clan and they're going to Florida. Seriously? Well, that you're not just going to like pick up your 14 kids and go to the other side of the country if you're nope. planning on playing for the Chargers again, right? Nope. So the Chargers are going to have um, Oakland. Chargers T- makes TB some sense. Was, going, was it at the uh, UFC event with Mark Davis, right? The oh yeah the guy Raiders with, owner yeah with the, with the with weird two with a great haircut yeah I prefer to think it was a great I mean, haircut. that much money in that haircut. Because you, because you're so rich, you don't care. Because you're so rich, no one has tapped him on the shoulder and been like, "I just got, I got a couple ideas for a couple different styles, or just a little bit of gel." It's the same thing with Dan, Daniel gel. Snyder. A little bit. Daniel Snyder saying "Happy Thanksgiving" two days after the New Year. Did no it's just out of oh, fear? No, nobody walks up. To Are him you serious? And, yeah, you didn't hear that when no. he's introducing Ron Rivera as his head coach. No, it was like two days after the New Year, and he goes. Guys, I just want to say uh, happy Thanksgiving, and it's a good time to have, introduce our new head coach. If you're Ron Rivera, do you quit before even walking up to the podium? <laughs> You've already got questions about ownership, and then this idiot gets up there two months after Thanksgiving and just has no idea what's going on. I'm good, guys. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate the uh, coverage here. Happy Fourth of July. I quit. 
But Dan, it's January 3rd. I don't care. Happy 4th of July. Uh, Javelin Jim emails the show here, and he says, I buy any product Tony Romo shills. It's become a problem. Anybody need a low-mileage pickup? Can't afford the payments. I'm the same way. My fridge is stocked full of Corona. Anything Tony really? Romo wants to sell me. <laughs> nice. You yep. found your beach? Yep. Is that what you're saying? I did. Okay. That's one thing I've not done. <laughs> Stock my fridge with the Not Coronas. a Corona drinker? I like Corona. It's fine. It's just not my favorite. With a lime? Lime Chips, guy or not Chips lime Goggins, guy? my friend, uh-huh. loves Corona. He's the only guy I know hates limes. So every bar, mm. they're they're trying to shove the lime in Chips Corona. He's like, he's, no, he's, man. He's a Russian spy. No, I man, would, no, just... no. But have you ever seen... I've never seen a bar bartenders as a rule as confused as to when they go to put the the lime in the Corona and the guy's like, No, I don't want the lime. And they're like, But it's Corona. It has yeah, to have that, a lime. No, that's totally something a Russian spy would do. Yeah. Chip just outed himself after Tennessee. Years. I've never thought of him as a Russian no. spy. I'm gonna play a soundbite, gentlemen, from Lance Berkman here, okay? Noted former Houston Astro. Lance Berkman talking about the fallout here from the Astros cheating scandal, banging the garbage cans, using video surveillance on catchers' signals and buzzers and all those things. And I want your thoughts on Lance Berkman's take. Uh, basically, the Astros have been, like I said, they've been punished, and it's just time to move on and learn from learn from that mistake. And this is a this is a clean organization, though. This is not a, a, huh? a dirty organization. This is not a tricky organization. I mean. You know, all these things notwithstanding, this is a great organization, and and I think it will continue will continue to be in into the future. What? What did he just say? <laughs> what did that man just say into a microphone? They're not a dirty organization. They're not a cheating organization. <laughs> Fastball. What? Uh, basically, the Astros have been, like I said, they've been punished, and it's just time to move on and learn from learn from that mistake and. This is a this is a clean organization though. This is not a, a, a dirty organization. This is not a tricky organization. I mean, you know, all these things notwithstanding, this is a great organization, and, and I think it will continue will continue to be in, into the future. Can can I just say this? When you are part of the crime, you don't get the right to tell people when they move on. Okay. So, and I can't wait for the Astros to get to spring training. It's going to get so contentious. It's going to be so great. Because these guys are going to have the gall to be like, well, that's done. We're not talking about it. It's like, no, you don't get to make up the rules this time. You cheated. You got caught. Now, that doesn't mean you have to answer, but it does not mean that people are going to fall into line and say, Lance, you know what? You're right. Let's all just move on. This is Alex Bregman. Are you looking for him to make a mistake or, yes, or what are you hunting? Sorry, that's the wrong clip that I was. Uh, uh, this is this is Jose Altuve. I feel bad for them. They were uh, good guys. They, you know, they show up every day to to do uh, to do their job. But like I said, uh, once again, we have to to keep going, move forward. We don't have any choices right now. <laughs> like, have you ever seen anyone just throw wow. people that helped them reach a new level of their life and career to the curb they just as lo- quick as these? And guys. they lost their job because of you, by all accounts. Yep. Not that they're good guys or totally yeah, they were in on it too, totally but. innocent on this, but Lunau and Hinch were not the architects of this and really and this isn't just them saying this, didn't even really condone it. AJ Hinch on a on a number of occasions tried to damage the screen that they were using to steal signs and relay them to the batters. These guys just lost their job because of you and because you talked on the condition of of immunity. People are throwing out rat 
about Mike Fires. Mike Fires threw it out there knowing everything that he was going to face in terms of the repercussions, the the perception of him and being part of that team and and reaping the benefits and the rewards of it. These guys threw their manager and general manager under the bus just so that they could get off scot-free and are now acting like they did nothing wrong, have no remorse, have no regret, and just sort of nonchalantly say, yeah, they were good guys, and, uh, you know, they did a good job for us, and it's really unfortunate. Really? Yeah, I think that the time to comment about that it will come. You know, it's a little early for me to, to say something about it. But that's, yeah, that's ridiculous, you know. <clears throat> MLB did their investigation. They didn't find anything. What? Dude, it's... I am I am not an advocate of eye for an eye. I, it, I you know we've talked for years on this show. I hate it when a batter will flip his bat and then a pitcher's response to that is I'm going to take this rock and throw it 95 miles an hour at your body or your head in your next at bat. I honestly, if and there's going to be pitchers Mike who throw Clevin, at these guys. Mike Clevenger will throw at their heads, and we've got that clip too here. He will, but like. If you're Alex Bregman or Jose Altuve or any of these guys, yes. there's going to be more names I'm sure that come out here. Those guys, there, there is no way those guys can feel comfortable in a, in a batter's box next year because, number one, well, you're not going to feel comfortable, number one, because you're not going to know what pitches are coming all the time like you have in the last two or three years. But, number two, I would be scared for my life that any of the pitchers I face all season are going to throw a fastball at my chin. Yeah. And they should feel that way. I'm not necessarily saying that pitchers should throw fastballs at their chins, but I hope they think that and stand in that batter's box with fear all six months of next regular season. What they did flat out cost people their jobs. It potentially cost pitchers their jobs. So to get and and by the way, it doesn't help now that that your comments sound like you have no remorse whatsoever. So if you're telling me that I helped cost you or your buddy his job at one point. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's cool. It's done with. You don't get to you don't get to make that call. And yes, I'm convinced that we are going to have if not heads being thrown at, I'm convinced guys are going to be brushed back a lot. Yeah. And and you know what? If you don't say I'm sorry, I can't blame guys for being ticked at you still. The one that drives me the most nuts, I think and I think it's just his personality. Alex Alex Bregman comes off even before this as just the cockiest, most smug dude in all of baseball, and then for him to be, for him to be building that part of his personality off the back of these cheating methods, makes me even more annoyed. Like this clip of him two years ago in the postseason. Are you looking for him to make a mistake, or, or what are you hunting there? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I was looking for. Maybe that pitch. Like, like, are you? <laughs> you're begging, begging to get caught, and you did. Yeah, they were brash and brazen and and just cocky about it the whole time. And now you're caught, and you really haven't come off that, haven't moved off that. I'm with you. I don't advocate for head hunting or beanball wars. I'm not going to be upset if Altuve or Bregman or any one of these guys. Gets one in the ribs next year as a message from Mike Clevenger or anybody else. Do we play the Clevenger bit here just for yes? It's, okay, it's yeah, it's really interesting. All right, this is like a minute of Mike Clevenger, and this is from 
What's the podcast? It's called... Uh, it's uh, Momentum. Momentum. And he's getting a tattoo the whole time he's delivering this very calm... Yeah, the buzzing cool. you hear in the background yeah. is not a cheating mechanism. It's him getting a tattoo. Don't get me wrong. That lineup... That's another part that pisses me off. That lineup's talented enough that I think if they just had the due diligence to do the regular baseball shit, pick when I'm tipping, whatever, they'd, be, they'd do damage. You have buddies that if they knew what was coming would be perennial all-stars in the big leagues, dude. There's a lot more that the public doesn't see because you don't see the, di- the money being placed. You don't see guys going up and down. So you're not seeing those guys literally working their ass off to finally get a glimpse that literally living off their parent, like taking j- two different jobs in the off-season, not even being able to have to lift at 2 a.m., bro. I've been there. I've been there. I've had to do that. I've had to live with my mom so I got to the big leagues. And now you're telling me that someone could have potentially shorted my career or sent me back down maybe figure shit out because they knew what I was doing when I was in their park so many guys are only there trying to figure out how can I stay here what will make me stay here but teach their own but I'm not going to sit here and just be quiet about with like someone blatantly taking millions of dollars and you know food off my table let alone other people's table I don't think any of those motherfuckers should be able to look us in the eye they, just, they wow. should feel ashamed you want to protect the guy next to you, you're going to protect the sanctity of baseball. It's not giving $5 million, you know, discipline to a billion dollar corporation. And while they're still walking around with the same ring on their finger in the same uniform, in the same city, in the same contract. What's that really going to change? Dude, these dudes, so, you know, like A right at the end of his career, get booed everywhere he goes. This whole team is going to hear it every single night in spring training for. Six weeks and throughout the regular season, deservedly so. How's this going to play out, too? Because these guys, as a rule, have been incredibly cocky. I mean, this this is the same team that barred a reporter from, what, going in a locker room last year from Detroit, right? For, for Lander, excuse me, didn't want to talk to him. So they barred a reporter from going in there altogether. Now, how are they going to handle this? Well, also, this whole... Like, what are they going to do? This whole Astros smugness thing started with the assistant GM... Going up to yeah. a female reporter yes. and chirping at her about Roberto Osuna, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Like, that, like people forget about that. Like that, they had like their second guy in line or one of their assistant GMs that was, in the front office. Yeah. That was the first thing that came to my mind when you played that Lance Berkman clip. It's not even the cheating thing. Like to sit here and pretend like the Astros are some model organization. Like there isn't some sort of cultural dysfunction within the Astros organization from top to bottom is a freaking joke. It's an absolute joke that you would sit there and pretend like you're this fine, upstanding organization when cheating is is actually second on the list of most abhorrent things that the Astros have done in the last three months. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. People want to call in 651-646-8255. We'll get to our weekend nitpicks when we come back here. It's Mackie and Jeff with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. You think you like football? Brett Favre doesn't just like football. He f- loves football. All right, here we go. They're going to jump right here. You know they're going to jump. Everybody hold your water. Green right slot. 98 handoff slot on three. Ready? Balls, balls, balls. Balls, balls, balls. Balls. Green 18. Green 18. Football.
Jonathan here with the Score North Download. You can find more new deep dives available on Minnesota Sports Rewind, including two new episodes on the Johan Santana trade and the craziest season in Vikings history over at Minnesota Sports Rewind, available right now on Score North, the Score North app, Apple and Spotify. Guys, I've got a question for you. Where do you stand on weird stats slash coincidences? Love like them. Just in general? Yeah. Such as? Yeah, bring them. All right, so Andy Reid will be coaching in the Super Bowl this year because he took his Chiefs there. If he wins, it'll be his second Super Bowl win. He won one as an assistant with the Packers back in the day. It will also be his 222nd career win as a head coach, and the Super Bowl will be played on February 2nd, 2020. It's a whole lot of twos. Interesting. Yeah. What if he loses? And doesn't get his 222nd win. Still stuck at 221. There's Just a lot of nine months. Life comes at you fast. Must mean something, right? What do you think it means, Jonathan? I don't know. I, I don't have a crystal ball. Couldn't tell you. I don't have the cards I'm in front of me. I'm rooting for the Chiefs, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Did you take some personal time last night to enjoy this accomplishment along the way? Or had you had a cheeseburger and went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rooting for him already just because of that. That's great. That's I been your score win. north download. Back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. It's hilarious, man. I'm with you. Yeah, well, he, he's, he is... One of the greatest coaches of all time to never have won a Super Bowl as a head coach, right? Like, think about the 20 years he's been overseeing the Eagles or the Chiefs, and they've only really had, like, two bad seasons What's the top combined? five? Andy Reid. Marty Schottenheimer. Bud Grant, for sure. Bud Grant. Schottenheimer, that's a good one, yeah. Marv Levy. Yeah. Dude goes to four Super Bowls. I bu- I'll buy that one. on all of them. I'll buy that one. There's probably another one in there somewhere. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Bud Grant has to be on that list. Absolutely. For sure. Greatest quarterback or greatest coaches to uh, never won a Super Bowl. Gentlemen, we did Vikings nitpicks on Mondays after every Vikings game. Mm-hmm. And even though the Vikings are no longer playing, I think we should keep the nitpick spirit alive here and do weekend nitpicks. It can be anything that you watched, anything uh, that happened in your life. And I want to start with this one. We'll go around the room, okay? My it's nitpick number one from the weekend so they showed Rob Lowe on camera during the NFC Championship game yesterday <laughs> to promote. He has like a new TV show on Fox or something. So they said, oh, we're going to show Rob Lowe in the crowd in Santa Clara here. It's a Reno 911, or not a Reno. Reno just a, <laughs> just a, that would be great. Just a 911 spinoff. It's like 911 Lone Star or Yeah, Lone Star. Yeah, Texas stuff. So yeah. there's Rob Lowe, and he's, he's clapping and applauding whatever's happening on the field, and he's wearing a hat. He's wearing an it's NFL, so weird. an NFL logo, like a shield so they just logo. Gave hat. him that hat, like, hey, just wear this. Just wear this generic NFL hat. That's a good point. And it's funny. So that w- my my I guess my nitpick would be Rob Lowe, like get a better sense <laughs> for hat fashion. But I started thinking deeper about why is it weird that Rob Lowe is wearing the logo of one of the most popular brands in the world. Because nobody does it except referees. Exactly. But people, yeah. wear, like, people wear, people wear but Nike. They wear Nike logos. People wear Adidas logos proudly. Rami's wearing a Score North logo on his hat right now. People wear team logos. But, but it's just weird and out of place that yes. somebody would wear an NFL logoed hat. Where do you like, even get that hat? Because somebody <laughs> from Fox. Where do you buy that hat? He, he, get one. Let me he, he, he must have asked for a hat and Fox is like, just wear this then. Dude, I, I bet they are selling like hotcakes today. I bet Rob Lowe. I bet the NFL teams, for a men's new wear, black men's new era NFL. Hell no. <laughs> Observation two. Rob Lowe didn't look happy. He didn't look happy. Dude, there. they're all over fanatics.com. You can get them in black. Did Rob white. Lowe look happy to you guys? No. He looked really, really disinterested and bored. 
It's almost like the NFL forced him to put that hat on. And forced him to go. Or Fox forced him to go. Yeah, we're going to make you sit Your out show's there. debuting right now. I when go. I first saw the picture, and I'm looking at it right now, I thought I thought he was a referee because he's wearing a black jacket. You know how they have these like auxiliary referees who are standing on the sidelines for the, the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought because you can't tell he's in the crowd. He could be on the sideline in the shot I'm looking at. I thought he was, I was like, that referee is really handsome. That's the handsomest referee I've ever seen in the my life. The line judge is George Clooney. <laughs> the back judge is Matthew McConaughey. That's wild. What is he doing? It baffled me. Like, it breaks my brain just trying to figure out the whole process of how that hat ended up on Rob Lowe's head. There has to be a story. There has to be a reason as to how or why that happened, doesn't there? Someone needs to follow up here. In fact, we'll if, you, if you Google we'll NFL logo hat right now, the first story is the pop up. <laughs> Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe gets roasted on Twitter for wearing an NFL logo hat. Twitter has a field day with Rob Lowe in a generic NFL logo hat. Twitter explodes with jokes about Rob Lowe's generic NFL logo hat. Just a generic NFL logo hat. It's like he's like, it's like he's in the opening shot of Tecmo Super Bowl or something. <laughs> Side judges Brad Pitt. It's just super, super weird. All right, that's my... You like that? You like that? That's my nitpick number one. Anybody else have nitpicks over the weekend? I got a question. Because it. my nitpick is this. It, it always bugs me when something happens that I didn't know. When did Rutgers get good in basketball? Dude, I, <laughs> so I I'm tuned into Rutgers Golfers yesterday, and I had heard... I, I went to the Greg Gopher... Chiano, man. He's I went to the... Jolt to the whole athletic department. The Gopher Penn State game... On Wednesday, and some people were like, "Yeah, they're going to play Rutgers on Sunday. It's going to be they're tough." I'm like, "Well, whoa, 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 whoa. Rutgers basketball is good now." Like, "Yeah, they're." I tuned in yesterday. Rutgers basketball is unbelievable. They're hitting the boards. They're physical. They're actually pretty doggone good. When did they get good? I have no idea. Yeah, it's weird. It's like they've never been good in anything that I I care about no, sports wise. They, they've been they've been garbage for. Every single season, I think they've been in the Big Ten yes. right now. All of a sudden, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's weird. And That's the Gophers, and the, and the Gophers lost. I know they did because Rutgers is good, and I had no idea that they were good. And that's my nitpick. Yeah, you like that? You like that? And you guys watched the uh, Aaron Hernandez documentary on yes. Netflix? Uh, yeah. Watched the whole thing this weekend. Okay. I started at 11 p.m. on Friday, thinking. I'll watch one episode, and then I'll polish her off tomorrow. 3 a.m. I went to bed. So you guys liked it. You enjoyed it. But so all three of us watched I did. I watched weekend. I watched the whole thing. Yes, I watched the whole thing. It's 3 a.m. It's fascinating. It's, it's uncomfortable. There's a lot of it that's fascinating, and a lot of it that's very uncomfortable. I didn't think it was as good as everybody was making it out to be, to be quite honest with well, you. It was your nitpick. I loved it. Well, for t- it's three episodes, and for two of the episodes, they're just sort of tippy-toeing around some things that they want to say, like what his closeted sexuality, how that could have played a factor in Aaron Hernandez eventually cracking, how and you know trying to hide that in the macho machismo world of pro football, and how CTE might have might have played a role in, in Aaron Hernandez cracking. and bra- They just dance around it for like two and a half episodes. They never really say it. And then in like the last half hour... Of the third episode, they just kind of slap it all together, and I think I think are trying to say that, but never really just come out and say that. And even if that is what you're trying to say, like, look, I sympathize with both those issues and how they can weigh heavily on a person and affect the way that they act. But are we just 
Like a lot of guys have had CTE, didn't murder anybody. A lot of guys have been closeted homosexuals in the NFL, and and it didn't break them to the point where they went out and murdered somebody. Like, are we making excuses for Aaron Hernandez here? The last one that they've got people who specifically say this could have factored in, but ultimately he made his choices. I thought it was great because it raised questions. It made me think, and I'm sorry, but the prison tapes... Well, those are always fascinating. Whoa. I'm not like I'm not, on the phone with family and stuff. And his mom? Yeah. yeah. And I'm, not her? Say, I'm not saying there weren't parts of it that were clearly fascinating. And, and I learned some things I didn't know before. I, hadn't, I never knew that the Patriots were aware enough of the danger to him to the extent where they got him a secret apartment and still never really brought it to the league or brought it to authorities that Aaron Hernandez's Aaron Hernandez's life might be in danger for whatever reason. Yeah. So so he basically he went to the Patriots if I remember correctly in the documentary and said, "Hey, I'm I feel like didn't he think that his life was like he was paranoid and he thought he his life killed. was in danger. He thought that guy was going to come back and kill him who who he Allegedly shot in Florida. Yep. So he so he goes to the Patriots and they're you know in their mind it's like I mean we we're trying to win a Super Bowl you're really good like what if we just put you in an, uh, an apartment somewhere else so they put him in this part of town in this apartment complex that you never would have thought a multi million dollar athlete like that's the reason why they put him there you know I you know imagine having millions and millions of dollars and you're just like living in a random apartment in Hopkins or so you know whatever and they interviewed his neighbor. This woman who like realized that Aaron Hernandez was was living there. But like didn't she hear like weird noises and stuff? Uh, he was smoking a ton. That's what it was. And the like, smell got to her. That's what it was. That he was just smoking weed all day long, all the time. Yes. And I thought it was I thought it was really well done. I think to your point, Rami, I don't think the documentary it, was making excuses for him. I think it was more here are reasons why this could manifest. And it just felt sloppy for two episodes. Really? Yeah, it felt all over the place because they weren't saying it. Like they just threw in Junior Seau and, and what CTE did to his life and what it drove him to. They just threw it in there hmm. in the second episode for seemingly without really tying things together or explaining why they were doing this. Yeah. I think, uh, I think Royce, you watched this document. Did you watch the Aaron Hernandez documentary over the weekend, Pat? Yeah, I thought it was great. I did because you find out that uh, the the Patriot. I, I particularly liked when he went to Bill Belichick and said that he was uh, felt his life was being threatened, and Bill suggested he get a new apartment. He cared deeply. Yes, no, I'm not trading you, but hey, maybe if you can hide out in this ghetto <laughs> apartment, they won't shoot you. You know, I don't. I, I thought it was the third episode wasn't as good, but I don't buy the idea that they were trying to uh, get him off the hook because of CTE or anything like that. They were telling the story, but they also made it very clear that the man was a complete psychopath. You know, before he ever had CTE, so. Or, or at least that was they. They did not offer it as an excuse, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and we we did did I mean, learn they, Patrick. They had, they, they had a couple of people that they interviewed who said that. Yep, that's not. They weren't. They didn't endorse it. The last guy, the last interview they did on the whole episode was his, his lifelong buddy saying, "There's only one person to blame for this, and that's here." So, and we did learn one thing: football coaches don't care. Urban Meyer didn't care. Bill Belichick nope. didn't care. No, nope. no. Nope. You killed somebody, but can well, you play on Sunday? Yes, yeah. I mean, obviously they didn't know that, but they they didn't want to. Correct. <laughs> you know, they didn't want to. 
anyway, it's uh, it's uh, if if everything is true, I mean, he was a serial killer. And also, watch who you spill your drink on, man. This could get God. dangerous, you know. That was that was unbelievable. But uh, you know, he was nuts. So that's. Uh, but I, I thought it was. I thought the first two of the three were pretty dang good. Yeah, uh, Pat. We get. We get. I think objectively, if you're not still lamenting, if you're a Vikings fan and you've sort of moved on from the 49ers loss there, I think objectively we get a damn good Super Bowl matchup: 49ers and Chiefs. Oh, yeah. That defense against Pat Mahomes. You get the two best teams by far. I mean, San Francisco is is humiliated. The same game, the Packers were worse. The Packers were. I mean, I've never seen a uh, poor attempt to stop the run. It didn't look like they had any idea what they were trying to do there, and uh, it was brutal. And uh, San Francisco is, uh, you know, I told, I talked to Jed today. I said they're they're winning this. They could win the Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer. And they are basically. They don't have Garoppolo doing anything, and they're still, uh, you know, rolling right by people. It's uh, Tennessee tried the same formula, and it finally ran out of luck against them. You know what's been amazing to me about Kansas City though is they have played like complete dumbasses for the first uh, quarter and a half of both games. Dumb penalties, stupid things that they're doing. And uh, they they still end up uh, rolling to victory. Now they better not try that against San Francisco. It's a good beat, but uh, they really made an incredible number of stupid mistakes to start that game Sunday. And then once they got rolling, once once Mahomes ran into the end zone, that was that one was over. So, have you ever seen something like Patrick Mahomes at, at quarterback? Because he's probably the best I've. I said today he's like Brett Favre with Peyton Manning's mind. Yeah, I heard Tim Hasselbeck talk about him today, and what a fantastic job that has been done with him in Kansas City because he was he was a you know great talent, but a loose cannon. But obviously, Andy Reid said, "Give me that talent, and we'll." And he, you know, they they didn't play him right away. They let him sit a little bit, and uh, then they then they turned it over to him. And it's it's he's extremely composed. What's amazing to me is he's always he's running around like a madman, but he, he always knows where people. He always know he always knows where people are. And he's he's always looking to make the make the throw, make the play. It's uh, it is incredible. I just looked something up today, fellas. On as you enjoyed watching football the last two weekends, I got I was looking this up. Uh, Martin Luther King made his I Have a Dream speech in 1963, and he got assassinated in 1968. And it was another six years before we had a black quarterback in the NFL. You think we had a little racism then? I mean, we have plenty of it now. But how about that? It was another uh, Joe Gilliam in Pittsburgh, and he ended up uh, kind of flaming out and replaced by Terry Bradshaw. Jim Harris, Jim, uh, you know, Jimmy uh, Harris ended up... Uh, uh, playing out there with the Rams in, in '74, so uh, you think uh, you think the game's a little better now that we don't say, "Oh, of course there were guys that wanted like Bill Polian who wanted to turn Lamar Jackson into a wide receiver." Yep, so, yep, exactly. yep. That's, I mean, I mean that is it still exists. Yeah, and I think it's it's. I mean, it is. If you look at a list of the top six to seven quarterbacks in the NFL right now. I mean, it's a lot of African Americans, right? Russell Wilson, yes, Lamar yes, Jackson, yes. Pat Mahomes, and opportunity has taken a long time to present itself, but here we are finally. 
Sandy Stevens, you know, was the All American at the Gophers, and, and, and admittedly, he was a runner and not a not a great, uh, you know, not a not a great passer because the Gophers threw about fifteen passes a game. But he basically had to go to Canada to get a chance to play quarterback in the pros. They uh, they weren't going to, uh, you know, they, nobody in the NFL was going to give him a chance to play quarterback in the early sixties. And it's just, uh, I mean, it was. It was blatant. It was, uh, it was unbelievable. You know, as, as, uh, Al Campanis would say, uh, well, they don't have the necessities or something like, you know, as, uh, like Al said about managers. So, yeah. It's, it's astounding to me what the game would be without Pat Mahomes and Russell Wilson. You know, you still <laughs> see it. If you, it's not just quarterback, too, and this is just off the top of my head, but offensive coordinator slash head, oh, yeah. and, uh, I would say offensive coordinator. Head coach and then center. How many? How many yeah. black centers in the NFL? <laughs> yeah, oh, you know, it's still yeah, very yeah. much a thing at different positions. Well, how, I think we now are back down to uh, uh, one black manager in baseball, aren't we? And is there one? How many? Two black NFL coaches. I was going to say the coaches the guy, are way down too. The guy in San Diego and who's always on the. Order of getting uh, getting uh, fired, and then uh, Tomlin. I'm missing there's Tomlin, Tomlin in Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin, who's been there for I think that's it. None of the new. It just hired six or seven, and yep. do they even bother to go through the Rooney Rule anymore? Do they just they do, the but it's the best a charade. It's a charade, yeah. completely. So who who's your pick? Chiefs or San Francisco? Oh, who are you rooting for, I'm, too? I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I'm yeah. going with my, my uh, I'm going with, uh, Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes. And, you know, you got to go for the son of the former twin, right? For goodness sakes. Absolutely. Well, Troy Hawkins is, is, is his godfather, yeah. I believe. God, yes, yes, he is. That's right. And you know what? That's another thing about it to some degree. Watch, folks. They take that godfather and godmother stuff a lot more serious than we do. I have, I have a couple of godkids. I hadn't seen them in fifteen years. Why don't you like your? Why don't you like your godkids, Pat? Oh, I got them. I just don't want into them. You know. I mean, I, I, I you know, I just. You send them money. I was going to say, you send them something money? on Christmas. Send them or? money. I don't, I don't. I don't. I stopped sending them money a while back. You know, but uh, I, I'm just telling you that it's. Uh, but that's right. I mean, he takes it. Deadly serious. He's, uh, he's, this kid is, he's, I mean, he has as strong a feelings for this kid as his dad does, for goodness sakes. It's all awesome. I mean, if, if, let's, if, let's say Pat Mahomes flamed out at Texas Tech, would you still send the Christmas cards? I, I think Latroy would. I don't know if I would. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the card. I want your money. I don't care about your card. Well, there's money next, in the card. Next. The next contract, I don't think he's going to need money. That's uh, that's going to be interesting to see how much of the personnel the Chiefs can stay by uh, once they uh, once they have to pay him. I mean, what's what do you pay him? Just whatever he tells you, you got to right. Yes, you just, forty million dollars. You just got to have him say, "Let us save a little for some help." Okay, we got to sign your tight end too. We need you. You need your tight end too. I think that's the most important. He'll be like, no, I don't. I'm fine. <laughs> I can make I plays by myself. I don't need O lineman. I don't need the tight end. Just pay me. Say, uh, 
say, fellas, when you watch uh, football right now, too, is it is is that athletic tight end who can uh, act like he's a wide receiver might be the most valuable thing you got going outside of a quarterback, don't you think? And the Vikings have one yeah. potentially. Irv Irv Smith, prototype yeah, for a bigger role. He's, he's a six one, six two guy. He's not one of the great big guys, but yeah, he's perhaps. But uh, it's, uh, I mean, that's to me, that's the biggest problem that Rodgers has right now. He doesn't have a tight end to throw to. Yeah, I mean he's throwing to Mercedes Lewis is forty and Jimmy Graham is sixty. You know he doesn't have a tight end and uh, he's got one wide receiver and no tight ends and then that and a bad offensive line. Go get them, boys! Yeah. How the hell did they win fourteen? It's unbelievable, isn't it? Soft schedule. Soft schedule and uh, a, a really good quarterback to bail you out a couple times. But, uh, Pat, you're not out someone. we yep. got to run, but uh, Royce on baseball coming up shortly here, and then Royce on chained tomorrow night. Okay, good enough. All right, see you, Pat. Monday night sports talk. You can find that, too. That, too. Yep. Go find that on the Garage Logic podcast feed, and Pat, we'll talk on Wednesday. Okay, see you, Jeff. That is rapping with Royce. Rob Lowe looked miserable. I'm looking he really at a did. picture right now, really, just to really just did. to make sure he, that I'm like he looked he, like a hostage. Yeah, he looked like a hostage. He does. He looks like he's been been sequestered inside in some type of witness protection program with this generic hat on from the National. I think Football he knows League. this nine one one Lone Star State or whatever it is is a terrible show. So he just took the yeah. job because it was there, and he's like, "I'm I hate this job." Yeah. Did he, did he uh, blink in Morse code or anything? Has anyone gone back and watched the video? I'm just gonna Phil. I'll turn this around because it's a blown up Help shot. Me, like, look at this guy. Does this look like a guy, like a celebrity who's happy to be endorsing a new show? And what's up with the weird, super, super big black collar that he's got on there? Too? That's where he looks like he's been sequestered in some type of FBI yeah. program, not oh. to be found, but Fox found him. Hey guys, real quick, I know we got to wrap it up here in a minute, but uh, and I'm I'm working through the details right now. It appears that John Boy, who's been all over this Astro scandal, yeah, has unearthed a uh, Justin Verlander burner account. What that was defending the Astros while all these yes! accusations were going. Yes. <laughs> This guy's good. Inject it. <laughs> this guy is good. <laughs> it says, uh, I'm just going to read it to you because I just opened the article that was attached to the tweet. He says, we've got a potential Verlander burner account. Could be him. Could be someone in his camp. Could be a fake burner. We're in the golden age of fake burners. And then he posts some tweets. Um, hang on. Let me pull it up here. Let's see. So someone uh, accuses them of doing something. Jonathan12345 says the pitchers had nothing to do with this. Justin Verlander was a Cy Young winner. People calling the Astros cheaters need to take the pitchers out of it. What's the handle? Uh, Jonathan12345. <laughs> <laughs> we know it. We know it. Jonathan Harrison's changing his handle to later tonight. 123456. <laughs> By the way, if you're wondering uh, whether the Astros deserve to spend the next couple of years in baseball purgatory, Bob Nightingale reports, Dusty Baker left a strong impression in his interview today as Houston Astros manager. Good luck to that bullpen. Good luck, Verlander throwing 300 innings this year. It'll be great. Mackie and Jump with Rami, podcastable, scorner of that. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. 
Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.